the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the new BCS. This is Colin Wilson. I am joined by Brett McMurphy and Stucky to round out the BCS name returning from last year. Plus, we have an addition this year. Tim Kalinowski is joining us. Love his podcast. Got a chance to be on the Gambling and Rambling. If you guys haven't heard that over on the Action Network podcast, go and listen. It is uh, some of the most fun. Stucky and I get so ingrained in handicapping games to step back and just bullshit about games is a is a lost art so uh tim welcome into the fold and uh you got anything for us here uh, up there in the east coast you got any good weather for us you got any good bets what do you got um no it is it is absolutely terrible raining sideways disgusting but i will say it feels pretty good to get the call up here with the big dogs i, I kind of feel like i'm smu like I, I can come on the show. I'm like, please get me here. And instead of saying uh, you don't have to pay me, it's basically I'll only speak when spoken to. That that's that's my SMU. I can't believe but SMU did score more points. Sucky, what do you got? Yeah, I was gonna say we'll have a, a segment where Tim's kind of like the the voice of the people. He'll give out a couple bets that he's looking at, and we'll say if we agree or disagree. But I should say we always clown Clemson and Dabo, but now we have a the voice of. Uh, a Clemson fan also on the call uh, on this uh, podcast. So Tim, do you have any, any thoughts on uh, the where Clemson is right now and what's going on with the program? Um, This is the part where I would prefer to be radio silent. Uh, It it ain't good. (laughs) That's exactly. That's what Dabo is with the portal radio silent. It's, it's really bad. The sky is falling. I don't know if you guys saw the start to the Clemson game on Saturday too. Same, same thing. Ugly, ugly, ugly. It's like, it honestly feels, obviously I'm very pessimistic. It's looked really bad, but they have a feeling of like the yips right now, especially when they get close to the goal line, fourth down situations. It feels very yippy to me. And uh, I know we got some golfers on the show. You know, that ain't good. No, not when you have the yips. Uh, I'm going to welcome in Brett here. Brett, I know you've been hot on the trail faster with anybody in the news. What's going on in Michigan State? Should we just leave that alone on this podcast and let everybody go out there and read what they want to read? Or is there any other takeaways we probably want to bring to it, at least from a handicapping perspective? I don't know what we're going to get. You know, uh, that interim staff's actually been interim coaches before. We'll see, you know, if they get their old head coach. Uh, Do we have any updates on actually, you know, who's going to be on the sidelines? Yeah, they named an interim coach, and then Mark D'Antonio also will be on the staff helping out. Um, so, we'll, you know, I don't think anything's going to get officially determined until uh, October. But, um, you know, from the people I talked to, they basically said that Mel Tucker has coached his last game with Spartans. So uh, we'll have to see how this plays out in the next few weeks. 
Stuck, let me ask you before we get to our agenda that we have online today. Is there a number that you and I are going to like stop backing Washington this weekend with what's going on? Like game of the year, six, nine, gets up to 11. I think, what are we at, 17 now? Is there a number where we stop thinking about this? Yeah, it's it's either it's either Washington or nothing. I'm definitely not considering Michigan State. And yeah, it's just a lot of messy things across multiple programs uh, in East Lansing. Hopefully they get it cleaned up. But Brett, you also have a, another story. You have a story that's out today on ActionNetwork.com, the Action Network app, about the new clock rule changes. And we'll, Colin and I will talk about this a little more next week on this show when we get a, uh, another week of data. But you talked to a number of coaches, got their kind of feelings on how this is all playing out. Make sure you go check out that story. But any quick highlights or anything you want to mention from that story? Yeah, just real quickly, I reached out to all 133 coaches, Got was able to track down 120 of them. So of those 120, uh, you know, 58% said it's too early to tell. But of the ones that answered, 27% do not like the new clock rules. Only 15% like the new clock rules. Um, but then if, if you take out the guys that did not answer and you only take the coaches that answered yes or no, which was 50 of the 120, um, 64% do not like the new clock rules. And, you know, the reasons are, the main reason is, which stuck, we talked about last week, what Mac Brown told me is, you know, we've got all these players and you're basically cutting the number of plays that these kids can play in and you're touting safety, yet you're adding a 12-team playoff. So, um, you know, check that out. It's at actionnetwork.com and we can we can uh, do a deeper dive next week on it. Did you get in yeah, touch with Biff? Yes, Biff's I did. One of the ones that Biff gave me a quote. Yeah, so the coaches were had the option of being quoted or not being quoted, and uh, Biff was one that gave me gave me a quote on the record. He said, "No, he doesn't like it. Not how they're using it. It was supposed to shorten games, but they have replaced that with with extra TV time for commercials." And he's not the only one that thinks that. Yeah, Jim Kelly had some things to say about that. By the way, Stuck, are you ready to put uh, Charlotte in the money line round robin this week against Georgia State? Is it time? Probably. It's probably, probably time. All right, let's get to our agenda that we were going to get to. We're going to start off with the Heisman board in our first section. These odds are being provided by BetMGM. Caleb Williams up at the top, plus 350. That's down a little bit from where we were before the season started off. Jordan Travis catapulted up to plus 850, along with Michael Penix Jr., Quinn Ewers, 9-1 to one for Texas after beating Alabama, just 9-1, to one, off of Brett's advice on Saturday morning show. If you like Texas, you should probably go grab Quinn Ewers. Then J.J. McCarthy, 14-1. to one. Bo Nix, 18-1. Shadur Sanders, 18-1 to one for the Heisman. Let's start there because we also have Travis Hunter in at 35-1. to one. We got a pair of Colorado Buffaloes for a 2-0 team on, on this board. Gentlemen, I'm just going to hand it over to you guys. Brad, I'll start with you. Do you see a scenario where we're casting votes for Shadur Sanders or Travis Hunter for New York here in a few months? I mean, look, anything's possible, but history tells us you got to be on at least like a 10-win team. Colorado's done amazingly so far. I'm not trying to be the wet blanket. I'm just being realistic. And, you know, I think they can get to six wins possibly, maybe seven. Maybe they only get to five. I don't know. I don't think anybody on a five, six, or seven win team will be invited to New York. It's a great story. Um, let's wait a few weeks and see what happens. The, the list of 
September Heisman winners that don't make it to New York is about as long as the Deion Sanders receipt list right now. So um, let's <laughs> let's take a beat on this and wait for wait for a few months. Stucky, you got any uh, love for uh, Shadur or for Travis Hunter there for Colorado? No, I mean if you grab a flyer, you know, way early in the summer when they were priced crazy, good for you, and you can root for Colorado to continue to shock the world. But I mean, they've look I, just. I agree. I think they have, we would have to win nine to ten games, which I don't see them doing. It's nice to beat Nebraska after Jeff Sims just vomits all over the field. But I mean, just look at the schedule after this week. You're you, you know you have to go to Oregon. You host USC. You know, you're going to Arizona State, to UCLA. You're hosting what looks like a really good Oregon State team. Uh, and our Arizona looked pretty good this week. You're going to Washington State, who's looked way better than I thought. And then you're going to Utah at the end of the year. Like, I just don't see how they're going to get to 9 to 10 wins. And that's essentially what you're going to need. And you're basically buying in at the the peak right now. So, yeah, you're going to need them to get there. I don't personally see it. The one thing I will say with Sanders is we talked about this in the podcast Colin Dion wants him to get the Heisman and like kept him in till the end of the game and then was like did you see that Heisman run and um so he's like mentioning it and kind of trying to sway voters so you know there's some voter fatigue maybe there's some voter fatigue not from me personally we vote for the Heisman um not Tim yet but maybe one day um I'm just gonna vote for the most deserving player and you know, the thing with Caleb Williams, he's going to put up silly numbers and the quarterback play across and the offenses across the Pac-12 looks very strong, which means like they're, it's not going to be, you know, against Stanford every week. There's they're going to be in some shootouts. He's going to be able to put up some big numbers. I, the intriguing name, I like yours, I, Brett brought this up, a, a number of Heisman winners have won that season. They won in Tuscaloosa, which isn't easy to do since Saban took over. But you're, you know, you're kind of one week late on yours. Mm-hmm. I would say the name that is interesting to me is maybe McCarthy. He's looked tremendous. And, you know, Ohio State, they still don't even have a quarterback. So if Michigan runs the table and McCarthy continues to look how he has looked. And there's some other cupcakes on that schedule. And you're going to get them. I mean, this week, they're 40 point favorites. So he could put out some monster numbers this weekend too, and then get some momentum. So he would be the the one name that I would look at. Uh, Tim, I, I didn't see Cade Klubnik's name anywhere uh, on there. Do, do you have any, any, any names jump out to you? Um, as, if you looked at this board. Well, this has been fun already, guys. This has been a blast. Thank you. Um, it's funny you mentioned about Heisman voting. My uncle used to have a Heisman vote, and uh, I guess, you know, the statute of limitations has passed. He used to uh, get my ear a little bit on uh, who he should have for his Heisman. So, you know, I think uh, I've been as close to having a Heisman ballot without actually having one. So, you know, that, that I have that in my back pocket. But I will say with Sanders, yeah, I think we all can agree the number's gone. But something that kind of – maybe we didn't account for is look, they, the running game is totally anemic, like with running backs, you know, not Sanders and is his ceiling higher because he's asked to do more basically for them to win. It is Sanders putting up insane numbers. Is that at all the kind of the script, a season long script for Sanders? Is that something to take account of? 
Yeah, but I mean, if they win 10 games, that means that he's putting up like 500 yards in those games, and they're not going to blow out anyone in the Pac-12. So it's going to be like shootout after shootout after shootout, and they have to find a way to win, you know, seven of those games, assuming that they beat Colorado State this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, if if Colorado does get to that 9-10 to win, that means that Sanders put up monster numbers because the defense is bad. Uh, but I just I see too many cracks in the roster. It's a hell of a story. But but yeah, that's that's the path. It's you're basically betting on can Colorado get to you know think of the double digit wins. He's going to New York and he's going to have the numbers. And you know Dion's going to try to run it up. You know Penix is at plus eight fifty. I, I just don't th- if I look at Penix at eight fifty and then JJ McCarthy at fourteen to one. There there is I feel like there is some you know Washington just doesn't have that same draw. Even though Penix is going to put up. Big numbers. I, I mean, the Michigan offense, I think it's going to be a lot better from a passing perspective. And McCarthy's just looked really good. So I, I don't, I, I, from a value perspective, that's who I would look at right now this week. Um, you know, maybe you could argue for Sam Hartman if you're a really big believer in this Notre Dame team. They're going to have some marquee games. And if they, you know, say they get to 11 wins, you know, and they're going to be. They play USC, right? So that's like a almost a head-to-head Heisman. Maybe you can convince yourself into Sam Harmon. I I still don't fully trust the Notre Dame wide receiver core, which I think will ultimately hold him back. But you know, Hartman and maybe McCarthy are the two names that I would target for Heisman right now. But but nothing for me as of now. Yeah, I'll close this segment out by saying if you think that Shadur Sanders or Travis Hunter are going to win the Heisman. I would probably take a page out of Brett's strategy from last week. Uh, you know, they're going to play Oregon and USC at the end of the month. Lay a money line. I mean, if you really think that they can win the Heisman, lay a money line against Oregon and USC because they're going to have to beat Bo Nix and Caleb Williams to get some consideration there. And then, you know, you never know. Travis Hunter's playing 150 snaps a game and, and intercepting. Does he take votes away from his teammate? I don't know. Wait, so we're going to call Colin, I have a quick question. 30 seconds. What do we do with Van Dyke? Obviously, Big, big performance there. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, because we know that the Heisman is so tied into your team, you eventually are going to have to run into Florida State, and you're going to have to beat Florida State and get to the ACC championship game and win the ACC championship game. Is it out of the realm? No. But, again, right now you are such a monster underdog, probably about a 14-point underdog to Florida State, that uh, a money line might be better than a TVD uh, Tyler Van Dyme bet. So, uh but I see it though. He absolutely torched uh, Texas A&M. Yeah, he looked tremendous uh, that that entire game. And look, I, I don't hate the Van Dyke call. You're basically, you're, but you're basically saying like, can Miami win at Florida State? Because then, even if like Caleb Williams, God forbid, he got got hurt or you know he was out a couple weeks, say he didn't put up the numbers, right? That because you, you have to worry about him. If Miami, even if Van Dyke has a big year and they lose at Florida State, it's hard to see how he would jump Jordan Travis just just in that head-to-head matchup. But if you're going to buy Van Dyke, I know they just beat Texas A&M, but like Bethune-Cookman this week, then they're at Temple. You know, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, whose defense kind of came back down to earth. Um, You know, then they'll host Clemson. They host Virginia. They go to NC State, whose defense it looks like it's going to take a step back, and then it's that game at, at Florida State, and you know you close out at Boston College, and 
home against Louisville. So yeah, you're basically betting on them winning that Florida State game. If you if you think they can, get it on Van Dyke now because the next two weeks he should put up big numbers. Yeah, they Van Dyke definitely has the uh, weapons on the outside. Okay, before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get it on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. All right, pivoting over to the national title odds real quick. With Texas beating Alabama, they have now gone to 11-1 to to win the national title per BetMGM. Uh, you know, also on the board, Georgia plus 225, Michigan 5-1, to Ohio State 9-1. to It's interesting, uh, falling a little bit. Uh, and then outside of Texas, below them, Florida State 12-1, to USC 16-1, to Penn State 18-1. to Then you get into your 20s, which is Notre Dame. And then Bama down to 33-1 to to win the national title. Brad, does anything on there – appetize you because i have to say texas at 11 where's, to where's, one. Cle- where's your where's clemson 80 to one man I'm, t- I'm telling you right now texas the texas has a clear path to the net to the to the college football playoff uh so i mean i'm not a believer in what oklahoma's done so far but brett any of those names uh jump off the page at you no i mean i think george and michigan the numbers are too low they're not worth it um but i, I agree with you on texas uh you know again if they can not fold like they've done in the past. If you have a ticket on Texas, I agree. They should get to the college football playoff game. Then you've got a great hedge opportunity. So I would look at Texas, um, you know, basically playing that they're going to get to the playoff and then maybe hedge when they get there, when you see the matchup. So I would like that over smaller odds against, you know, Georgia, Michigan, who I think specifically Georgia has a cakewalk to the, uh, to the final four. And Carson Beck looks good. Tim, I'm looking at Miami of Florida, 101 down there on the list. Uh, any of these names popping off to you? Uh, well, I will say I, I, I am such a sucker because you made the comment. After that uh, Duke game, I did take Clemson 120 to 1. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm not dead yet. I'm, not, I'm like, I can't. I can't. I saw the number. I'm such a sucker. I basically, you know, did the whole paint my face like a clown and, and just went with it. I, I would say, I guess I want to ask you guys. I don't really want to be holding a, a ticket on any Pac-12 team because of uh, 
just I think the whole conference is going to cannibalize each other. I I I, I could see everybody having a loss or two. Yeah, they they usually do. Stuck you and I. I mean, as excited as I was about the Pac-12, I struggled with the Pac-12 preview because I thought only four teams in this conference play defense, and you know what, Oregon State could line up and knock them all out. So. Uh, you know, I'm afraid as good as the football has been on the West Coast, I'm afraid that they do knock each other out. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I will say that if someone can go like one, if someone has one loss and wins the Pac-12 championship, they're they're going this year, especially right. after their performance out of conference. Right. The the last few weeks, the first loss of the year was Arizona in overtime at Mississippi State. So, uh, yeah, but it's hard for me to get behind any specific team in the Pac-12 right now, uh, there's probably going to be some cannibalization because there's a lot of teams that look strong at the top. And even some of the teams at the bottom are better than I expected, a la Washington State. There's no – I mean, Ohio, Georgia at plus 225, no, no thank you. They've come out sleepy the past couple weeks, right, and then they kind of turn it on. But that's a bad sign for – what like that they might get picked off. Right? You're not going to do that. That we, we talked about potential complacency – this year, even with an easy FCC schedule, they could get picked off and then maybe you get, you get a little better number there. But um, Michigan might, you know, from what I've seen so far, they might be right there with Georgia. So at five to one, um, maybe you can talk yourself into that. There's no value in Ohio State nine to one. They don't, they don't even know their quarterback yet. And they haven't looked great to me. Day's still evaluating, like, who's going to be their starter Texas at 11 to one. I mean, I have them right now as the third best team in college football. I don't, I don't think that they should be behind Ohio state. And then, you know, Penn state down to 18 to one. We talked about them preseason with, with Ohio state taking a step back and they get to host Michigan. I still think that Penn state is intriguing. I do want to see more from the passing attack, just more consistency from Aller and company. So we'll see if that, if they can develop in that aspect. Um, and yeah, I mean, Florida state has, has looked really good. And if they beat Clemson, I mean, how, how does Florida state not make the college football playoff? Like, so it's really looking like Florida state, Texas, Georgia, presumably. And then you get the, the big 10 winner, unless someone in the PAC 12 could run the board or one loss and wins the PAC 12 title. So this would be a great year to have an expanded college football playoff. Unfortunately, we don't. But I would look at Penn State. I still think that there's some value in Texas, not only because of what we've seen from Texas, what we saw from Ewers last week, and the improvement in the deep ball, even though it's still a small sample size. We're down on the rest of the Big 12, right? Like, right. I, I still don't believe in this Oklahoma team. I mean, they were – the SMU defense was holding them in check, and then they had, had two late scores – to cover that number, but we've seen what Baylor's looked like. We saw what TCU looked like against Colorado. So I think a number of these teams in the big 12, Oklahoma state's playing what seven quarterbacks still. Um, so yeah, I think Texas should get there and they have all the pieces. They're a, one of the best rosters, if not the best in all of college football, if viewers plays like he did. So yeah, Penn state, maybe, um, try to shop around always as always try to get the best number. But uh, yeah, I don't even after that win against Alabama, I, I still think Texas has some injury. 
Well, we have some, uh, we'll have a round table next week because I still don't know who's going to join Texas in the big 12 championship game, but uh, maybe we'll know better next week. Let's pivot off to uh, some injuries, injuries that you should know stuck. I think you and I are always keeping our finger on some of the injuries that are out there because obviously <laughs> there is a big push in the market on Sunday nights and Mondays because of these injuries. Um, let's go ahead and update uh, our listeners here on some of the injuries going around right now. Well, I have, so I maintain a list every week of all of the quarterback injuries and uncertainty. And this week I have 39 teams with <laughs> quarterback injuries or uncertainty or new starters. So I'll run, I'll run through them. Should I start off with the biggest one? Should I start off with the biggest one? It's not even a quarterback. Yeah. Raheem Sanders is not going to go for Arkansas. That is a, I mean, they could not get any push against Kent State. I'll say that again. Arkansas could not get a push against Kent State. Their running backs didn't have any explosiveness to them. Uh, and now Raheem Sanders is going to be out again. So take that. That's why you saw that point spread go below 10 against BYU. I have zero interest in watching that game. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you going to that game? I have my, I, I have my pass. This is a good week to go. There's no other game uh, yeah. going on. I think I will go. Yeah. I mean, BYU looked like they were going to rip us apart in the first half last year. And then we decided to pass in the second half, but we don't really have a lot of passing options this season. So it's going to be very interesting, but yeah, I will be going. Um, all right. So in regards to quarterbacks, Utah, Cam Rising still remains uncertain. I'm sure we'll see him for the start of Pac-12 play and credit to Utah for getting two wins uh, against Baylor and Florida without him. Bryson Barnes was horrific horrific against Baylor, a team that gave up a trillion yards to TJ Finley the week before. Uh, Arkansas State, JT Shrout, questionable. Butch Jones may cry again. Colorado State, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi will get the start for the Rams this week once again. Northwestern looks like Ben Bryant's probable. Nebraska, Jeff Sims missed practice. His status remains in doubt. Heinrich Harburg is the number two of a trouble party. Party. Rule came out and said, Sims is our guy. We just can't turn it over. So I don't know how those two things can be true. How can Sims be your guy, but you can't turn it over? Those things seem to go hand in hand. UTSA, Frank Harris, this Friday night is questionable. He played, I had UTSA money line, and I was worried for most of that game. He came back out in the second half, gutted it out, but he couldn't move. He was very banged up. So they're going to see if he can play against Army. That's one of the reasons why you've seen that number come down. UMass, Tyson Pumachan didn't play last week. He remains questionable. Carlos Davis actually looked good throwing the ball. He should be good to go. UCF, Plumlee's out for a few weeks. Timmy McLean will get the start in the interim. Indiana, Taven Jackson looks like we'll get the start again. Tulane, Michael Pratt, questionable. Moving forward, keep an eye on his status. UVA, Tony Musket is questionable. But Anthony... Calandria, he played really well versus JMU. And then Tony Elliott came out today and said, Musket's not losing his job. You don't lose jobs to injuries. So we'll see how that goes. Baylor, Blake Shapin's out. And then Sawyer Roberts, Robertson, he also got banged up, hurt his ankle, and uh, they couldn't really run it all with him. So we'll keep an eye on the 0-2 Bears there. Boston College, Th- Thomas Castellanos started for Moorhead in Week 2, which is worth noting. Rourke returned for Ohio played the full game. The Tulsa situation is a mess. Their 
Um, they're still waiting on their original starter. Their backup got hurt. Uh, they're big, big home dogs to Oklahoma this week. F- oh, your boy Fagnano for UConn, he left with a shoulder injury, never returned. Former yep. Penn State transfer Robertson took over. Stanford, Ashton Daniels left in the second quarter, didn't return. Justin Lampson took over. Vatek Grant Wells pulled late for drones. He's reportedly banged up. Pry said he's juggling who's going to be the quarterback. Iowa McNamara looks like he was back to 100% for Iowa. Kansas, Daniels appeared healthy. Nevada, Brendan Lewis missed a couple snaps, took a big hit. A.J. Bianco took over in his absence. Nevada was embarrassed by Idaho. Arizona State, Drew Pine, I don't know when he's coming back. He's questionable, but he might not start when he does return. Wyoming, Andrew Peasy left the game with a shoulder injury, and Evan Svoboda replaced him. We'll see how that plays out moving forward. Akron, DJ Irons got pulled for Jeff Undercuffler. I don't know if he was hurt or it was just performance because they barely beat Morgan State. JMU, Jordan McLeod, full-time starter in week two. Oklahoma State still using a trillion quarterbacks, including Gundy's son. North Texas, Chandler Rogers took over in the second half for Stone Earl, who was a little banged up. UCLA, Kelly still not naming a starter. Garber started week one, didn't play week two. Dante Moore started and Schley came in. So that's something to watch. I'm assuming Moore will eventually just take over as the full-time starter and play all the snaps. Just not sure when that will happen. Cal, Ben Finley started the game, but then Sam Jackson took over and took most of the snaps. Louisiana Monroe, Hunter Herring started week two. He replaced Jaya Wright in the opener. Ohio State, as I mentioned earlier, Ryan Day said he's still deciding between McCord and Brown. App State, Ryan Berger's out a few weeks, but Joey Aguilar has been great in his place. East Carolina, Mason Garcia played most of the game in week two after being pulled in the opener for Alex Flynn. It did not go well. ECU is a mess right now. USF, still no word on Bohannon, so we'll see when he potentially returns. Ball State, Lane Hatcher took over in the second half. Lane Hatcher originally started week one, then was pulled. Then he came back in for Caden Simonza. Jacksonville State, Logan Smothers replaced Zion Webb. Oklahoma, Arnold, Jackson Arnold is going to be a stud. He's, he's getting some reps still and coming in for some packages. And New Mexico State, your boy, Diego, Pavia was pulled again late for um, Sowers, but I don't know if that was just like package related or trying to switch it up. And then Florida International, true freshman Jenkins started again for Grayson James. So those are the 39 team updates I have on quarterbacks. You got anything to add? No, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, there are other positions that, I mean, South Alabama is going to be without some role players at uh, wide receiver and running back. So, um, you know, just keep an eye on, I mean, in that case, for some reason, the point spread keeps going down against Oklahoma State. I think that could just be a fate of Oklahoma State there. But, uh, you know, keep your eyes open on some of these weapons that are, are hurt. All right, yep. we're going to move to a segment, Stuck, that we were trying to find a name for where, uh, you know, Tim likes some uh, games on the board. I think we're going to call it – you want to you want to call it what we're calling the segment? Tim's wins. So, Tim – uh, not wins. You don't have, we don't expect you to win. Um, Tim's whims. So, just throw out a couple games as just uh, a man of the people of uh, what you're looking at. And then if we have any thoughts, we'll, we'll jump in. I will say, when you say no wins – Calabrese and I are on a great run on our tailgate show, College Football Player Props. You want to talk about getting into the weeds. That is that is for a special, special type sifting through college football player props. Calabrese, as you guys know, he that, that guy, he's naming names that I have to go Google as we're on the show. So that that's always fun to keep me on my toes there. Where can people find that? 
That is on, that is a video format on YouTube and in the app. And that comes out on Thursdays or Fridays. So keep an eye open for that before the weekend. All right. So give us a couple wins. Okay. Um, this is a yeah, kind of, you know, a little bit of a cheeky move here. I grabbed this at 14 right before the show. It's now 14 and a half, but Maryland, I guess we'll call it 14 and a half. Then Maryland minus 14 and a half against Virginia. And uh, Stucky, you send the update there that, I don't know, it might actually be a quarterback upgrade if uh, Musket doesn't play. Am I, am I right or wrong? I agree. And yeah, Elliot came out and said, I think he said that he thinks Musket will be good to go. And if that's the case, he won't lose his job to an injury. Um, something I'm, I'm going to monitor. Don't I don't have any strong feel here. Uh, Colin, I think you, you would agree on this. I bet Maryland, like on open. As a matter of fact, I took it like 15, 15 and a half, 16. I can't remember where I got it. It's uh, the, the market right now is better than the number I got because I project this at 20. I, I had a feeling this would close north of 17. So I was getting in on that. Um, I mean, there's nothing from an advanced uh, stats perspective that tells me that Oregon should not absolutely dominate this game. I mean, Virginia finally woke up and played and, uh, you know. <laughs> Oregon? <laughs> Who's Oregon playing? Did I say Oregon? Maryland. I thought I said Maryland. Yeah, you said Oregon by accident. Oh, I did. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, No, no, I bet Maryland. I bet Maryland on on open. I think I said on open. Uh, I I bet Maryland on open. Uh, (laughs) But no, there's nothing in the advanced uh, stats that tell me that Virginia can compete here whatsoever. I mean, they're still dead last in stopping rush explosives. They're pretty close to dead last against explosives, period, which is a big part of Maryland's game. Um, And then, you know, Maryland's despite 121st in strength of schedule, they have put up some very good offensive numbers here. So I just didn't expect, you know, I pro- projected this 20 and expect Maryland to roll. Yeah. So Tim, very sharp. You got a better number than Colin. And yeah. I will say, I know this is like, you know, Virginia, Maryland, FBS matchup, but there's a slight chance that Virginia, you know, short week going on the road. I know it's not far, but they had a heartbreaking loss to JMU. And who scored two touchdowns? He scored twelve points in the fourth quarter, including a uh, touchdown pass in the final minute to win that game by one. Again, that Virginia looked like it had in the bag. So there's a chance they come out a little just flat and deflated here on Friday night. And then I'm sure that Maryland will be looking to, you know, at home, probably in front of a decent crowd. And I'm sure a big emphasis for the Terps is coming out a little faster than they did last week because they were down 14, nothing after one to Charlotte. So I don't mind it. I got to dig on a little more there, but uh, you got anything else? Yeah. I want to ask you guys, I know you're high on Louisville. I really like Louisville, especially with that ACC schedule that they got dealt, but Indiana plus 10, maybe, maybe I'm just a stupid square, but I watched that week one game against Ohio state and Indiana really surprised me. I had Indiana rated as one of my worst teams in power five and, I was pleasantly surprised. They they did pretty well in the portal. They added uh, where they had some needs. And I, I just think this number is just a little too big for a pesky Indiana team. Yeah, and Taven, uh, what Jackson, he's going to start again for them. Uh, I think he was named a starter. So, uh, you know, they have that going for them. This is, I believe, is it in Lucas, Lucas Oil? Oil? Yeah, yeah, it is in Lucas yeah. Oil here. It's a number that I know I projected at seven. I was not a part of this Indiana steam that came in. Um, looks like it's bouncing around 10 right now. I, I'm not sure if Louisville's worked out all of their kinks. I mean, they absolutely rolled uh, against Murray State. It wasn't even close. They eclipsed the total for the entire game by themselves, and I don't think Murray State even scored a point. So 
Um, you know, you kind of throw that one out there. They struggled with Georgia Tech for a little bit before the offense got going. Uh, I don't feel like I know exactly who Indiana is to make an educated guess, but I power rate this lower than what the market is at seven. Same. I actually think I was lower on Louisville coming into the year than most. I know they're a big sleeper. A lot of that is because of the schedule, but I do think that there might, there's going to be some growing pains with the offense. Um, you know, it's uh, you can always trust Brom and, and that passing attack, and they started to figure it out against Georgia Tech, and then obviously they rolled Murray State, who's terrible. But there could be some some kinks here to work out. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I do think that Louisville is going to take a step back. They lost a lot of production from that defense last year. So I agree. I make it lower. So I agree with your whim there as well. Damn, Tim, hot here. <laughs> Let's we'll save it off. We'll see. Leans, leans, leans are always hot. Uh, we'll see how it plays <laughs> out and uh, see if we need to, to fade you or, or ride you moving forward. Let's get Brett in here. Let's do some sources stumper. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. There go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Here we go. If you guys weren't with us last year, I ask a trivia question each week. Colin and Stucky battle it out. Stucky, congrats. You won last year. Did, did I give you an Iowa notebook or something? Was that it? I'm about to write my thoughts and the question. I should hold up the cover. This no, was my prize. You. By the way, I bet Iowa this week, minus 28. Should be fun to watch. Iowa little notebook from Brett. That was there the, you go. There you go. the prize this uh, year. Do not, have a, do not have a gift yet. I will figure that out, though, in the next next couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, this is, uh, as everyone knows, this is America's favorite uh, game show, at least uh, on this particular podcast. And uh, this week's question Stuck, you're up first since you are the defending champion. Alabama plays at USF Saturday. This is Nick Saban's 17th season. How did I know you were going to go USF? No, this has nothing to do with USF. (laughs) How many non-conference true road games will this be for Alabama in Saban's 17th season? Stuck, you get one guess, then Colin guesses closest one gets a point. So out of 17 seasons, this will be what number non-conference road game for the Crimson Tide? True road game. True road game. Um, and by the way, we can let – Tim, you can – after we guess, you can guess. Um, uh, we, we, Colin, we should both write down our answers and then just hold them up at the same time. I can use I, I can just use my finger. I, I, I'm going to – there's no way it's over 10, so. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wait, it's, it's, since, it's since Saban – in Saban's 17 years, so this is his 17th season, how many true road non-conference road games will this be for Alabama? I'm going to walk through. Why don't you message, your, message it to Brett right now? Because <laughs> um, I'm going to walk through my thought process. I don't want to give you any help. So I know that last year they played at Texas, obviously. That is correct. So there's one. Okay. They also played in a game, I believe – I lost money on – I had – they played at Duke, I think, in like the season opener, I don't know, a while back. But I remember having that Duke is, in that game. That is correct, yep. Um, and then at USF, so that would be three. Um, there's probably one or two I'm forgetting. So I'm going to go – do I, I have to guess a whole number? You can do a half, a half if you want. No, I'm saying like if I wanted to hedge. All right, I'm going to say those three – like we're including the USF game, right? Yes. This will be the, yes, including. USF. Uh, so I'm going to say it's going to be the fifth. 
You guessed five. I, I think Col- I might be forgetting. I think I might be forgetting two. Colin guessed four. It is the fourth one. Wow. At Texas. I was either going to go four or five. At Penn State, 2011. At Duke, 2010. So this is only the fourth. Everybody freaked freaked on that Penn State series about how they never leave the the footprint of the South. Everybody freaked on that one. Okay, so this. I don't remember that game. Twenty twenty eleven. When was that? When was Penn State? What year? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Duke was, Duke was twenty ten. I'm such a I'm such a loser. I wrote four initially. Then once Stucky started going, I turned it into uh, an eight because I was like I was like okay, Stucky's going. But I I should have just went with it. I I should have had to message you. I should have just said that's it when I guessed. Okay, so this one off to a heater. Twenty seven to eleven. That is a an ugly game. Penn State. Uh, quarterbacks in that game for anyone curious AJ McCarron who threw for 160 yards Rob Bolden for Penn State there you go went 11 of 29 for 144 yards and Matt McGloin one of 10 zero yards one of 10 for zero yards Matt McGloin Penn State combined 12 of 39 for 144 yards what an uh, not to not to wait until game. we uh, not to wait till we get to our podcast but you know Alex Galesh was one of, you know, he was the offensive coordinator for a Tennessee team to beat Saban last year. I mean, all kinds of hot piss Saban's coming into this. I'm off of a loss. I'm facing a guy who just trounced me last year and, in, in, you know, in Knoxville. I mean, he's just got to be all kinds of red ass coming into this game. It's still going to be a flat spot for Alabama. Okay, so the <laughs> next question is, for Alabama, this will be their first true non-conference road game against a group of five opponent. On the road, since they played who, and I'll t- you don't have, be. you don't have to get I, you don't have, I'll give you the year if you can get the team. Colin, you're up first. I, it's got to be Sun Belt. I'll go Troy. No, stop. I know it. I know it because I saw it on the broadcast of a team, a Group of Five team that hosted a Power Five team in their home opener this year. Um, I think it was <laughs> like 20 years ago. Hawaii. They did not host Vanderbilt, but that's the correct answer. 2003. No, they hosted Stanford. I mean, Stanford, Stanford, yeah, Stanford. Game sorry. two. Yeah. Yeah. Hawaii actually beat Alabama 37 to 29. Um, you're talking about quarterback matchups. How about Timmy Chang for Hawaii? Timmy Chang. Bama started quarterback Brody Croyle. Uh, this was Mike Brody Shula's Croyle. first season at Alabama after Dennis Francione got fired. Uh, and also after Mike Price wait, this got is 2000. fired. In May. Oh, yeah. 2000. And also Alabama in 2000. They played there in 2002 also. Right. You know, in 2003, Bama went 4-9, and nine, the second worst year in school history. The only thing worse. 0-10 in 1955. That year, Alabama also lost to Northern Illinois on Mac school. The only team, to only SEC team to lose to a Mac school since 2005. Colin? Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> Toledo. That'd be Dan Enos. Just always guess Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. And in, in any case anybody wants to know who the offensive coordinator was, it was Dan Enos. One to one. After one to yeah. One. And one last one last useless bit of nonsense for this USF Alabama game. Uh I think Al- USF currently 32 point underdog. That's their second biggest um, point spread for the Bulls, the largest at home, and also for the second consecutive week. Defensive analyst Charlie Strong 
faces one of the teams where he used to be a head coach. I'm guessing they'll have better success than they did against Texas. Yeah. By the way, USF, if you, I think their their uh, post game win expectancy, they were supposed to lose that game against Florida A and M, which not great. It's going to be bad this weekend. All right, Tim, we're going to put you on the spot because we're going to close the show with look-ahead bets, and I don't know what our final record was. Maybe Brett's got it, but we were hot last year on these real early week bets. 90%. 90%. That's an A. So, Tim, I'm going to have you kick us off. Give us one bet on the board that you like for this weekend. Too. So pick pick your favorite, or you or if you have another one, throw it out there. Um. Okay. You know what? I'll give you this. Unfortunately, I have to watch a lot of Boston College because my my sister goes there, <laughs> and I'll tell you what they should have lost to Holy Cross last week. It is ugly. And Florida State, so that they're playing Florida State. BC's plus twenty six and a half. Florida State is Clemson next week. That ain't a look ahead game anymore because Clemson is dog poo. So I don't care who plays for Florida State. I don't care how long the starters are in. Florida State, I'm laying it minus 26 and a half. Wow. I don't think we've ever laid any kind of number down like that. All right. Good luck to that. Brett, what do you got? I just remember Stucky liking over for the Boston College win total before the season. Uh, it's not dead yet. I'm Even though they had, a, they had a 30, I think they only had like a 33% post game win expectancy against Holy Cross. Yeah. Um, Monty luckily, Pi- Holy Python, Cross fumbled. They, they've got an arm ch- chopped off and it's just a flesh wound. They're dead, bro. You're indeed brave tonight, but the fight is mine. Oh, I don't know, eh? Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> uh, not yet. Not until the. F- I on, got we, we you. Have, know, what is this? Yada, know, yada. Yeah, okay, so it's I'm no good. It's dead. I tell you. Thursday night action. I'm <laughs> going with Navy. They got Virginia, Army, and a half against UConn. Memphis. Look, everyone saw um, Navy against Pitt, Notre Dame. What do you say? Nothing. I'm trying to find Boston College wins. It's hard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so my pick is Navy plus fourteen and a half against Memphis. Everyone saw Navy against Notre Dame. They got crushed. Everyone gave them up for dead. Guess what? Notre Dame's pretty good. Notre Dame had all spring and summer to prepare for the option. Memphis is on a short week and has Power 5 Missouri next week. Memphis will be in a look-ahead spot, even though this is a conference game. Navy had an off week after Notre Dame. Last week against Wagner, they actually used that passing game that you guys had talked about before the season. 11 of 18 against Wagner. They're going to throw it a little bit more. I will take more than two touchdowns with the Navy team facing a defense on a short week of prep against a team that needs to win next week to have any chance to get to a New Year's Six game. Go middies. Yeah, Brett, you're after my heart here. Service Academy catching over two touchdowns. You're also fading Colin here, who didn't learn last weekend, taking Air Force against my Sam Houston State Bearcats, eat them up cats. I think 63% against the spread historically over the last 25 years. You've got a Service Academy catching over two touchdowns. So that is never a bad move. Uh, I'll throw out something. I I unfortunately can't throw out Sam Houston State because they're not playing this weekend. So I will throw out the next best thing, another New Mexico State fade. We are fading New Mexico State once again, just like we did against UMass and Liberty. This team is awful. If you look back over the past two years, they've only done good things against corpses and FCS teams. New Mexico has a quarterback, the much better quarterback here. 
in our boy, Dylan Hopkins. And I think they get this win. I think they should be favored over a field goal. And we are fading New Mexico State again. I think they just came into the season artificially high because of that lucky run against corpses and FCS teams last year. New Mexico gets it done. Go Lobos. It's a trash week. I mean, the, the games are bad. So, yeah, we're, we're going to the Mountain West Network, which is where that game is broadcast. Well, so I'll wrap it up here with some more trash. I'm going to take Northern Illinois, double digits, 11, 10, half, whatever's out there, against Nebraska. This is a big flat spot for Nebraska coming off Colorado, come back home. But, hey, if Jeff Sims isn't going to play – this team is already 112th in offensive finishing drives. It's one thing for them to put together a, a drive with 10 plays, uh, methodically going three yards and a, and a cloud of dust in, in these running plays. But Northern Illinois right now is top 20 in the nation in defensive finishing drives. They are stopping teams from getting points up on the board. You can argue strength of schedule, whatever. But Northern Illinois is playing pretty decent defense before they go into MAC play. Um I don't think Nebraska has it in them to be a double-digit favorite over anybody. Um, so I'm going to go roll with uh, some action here, some Northern Illinois, to uh, and give me all those points. Yeah, either Sims is going to turn over a bunch, but if he can't play, if he's hurt, like how bad must the backups have looked if Rule hasn't gone to them once? And right. it would be the most Mac thing ever and the most Nebraska thing for them to lose this game. But for Northern Illinois to be 2-1 and one, with two wins over Power 5 teams – and one loss to an FCS team. That would be the most matching thing ever. Nebraska is 130th in Havoc allowed. They're just a walking torture chamber of offense right now. Yep. All right. That's going to wrap it up. Tim, thanks for joining us. This was the new BCS with Brett, myself, Colin Wilson, and Stucky. You can find us all on the Action Network. Oh, wait. One, one last thing before you go, Colin. Um, in the chat, let us know. We'll talk gambling Heisman. Let us know if you have a gambling Heisman front runner. Not Heisman, but Gambling Heisman. So we know it's not Vandy, who's the only 0-3 against the spread team. But also, if you have a, a team or a game or two that you want us to cover on the podcast this week, throw it in there. It is a terrible slate. So uh, we're looking for suggestions, and we'll, we'll take one or two and include it in the pod. So thanks for listening, as always. And uh, make sure you subscribe. Hit the like button, too, on YouTube. It really helps us. Um, and uh, we hope you uh, win your bets. And uh, Stucky and I will talk to you later this week on our BBOC podcast. Uh, and we will see you on our live show on Saturday, 1030 a.m. Eastern. Good luck on your bets. Cheers, guys. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.